Hi, I'm Miranda Wright with HOWC Ministries. To learn more about our ministries, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com. Set up the standard towards Zion. Retire, stay not, for I will bring evil from the north and a great destruction. The lion is coming up from his thicket, and the destroyer of the Gentiles is on his way. He is gone forth from his place to make thy land desolate, and thy cities shall be laid waste without an inhabitant. For this, gird you with sackcloth, lament and howl, for the fierce anger of the Lord is not turned back from us. Jeremiah chapter 4 verses 6 through 8. In Jeremiah chapter 3, God warns continually that judgment for sin, wickedness, idolatry, and abominations are coming. Yet does he also continually offer mercy, telling them that if they will but repent, that he will be able to stay the judgment. Scripture is clear that God takes no pleasure in suffering or in the death of the wicked. It's also made abundantly clear that he rather delights in mercy. Yet again, however, do we read in Scripture that because he is patient with us, because that it is not his will that any should perish, so that he gives us much space for repentance, that because of this delay between sin and the judgment for it, is man's heart often made more lax towards and determined to sin and wickedness. They lose their fear of consequences and gain more confidence in their foolishness. In Ecclesiastes chapter 8, verse 11, we read this, that because the sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily, therefore the heart of the sons of men is fully set in them to do evil. Therefore, does there come a point at which God is forced to step back and let men learn their lesson, lest he be unjust in his judgments? which he cannot be. Therefore, though he warned so clearly in chapter 3, was his mercies not heeded, causing chapter 4 to bring a decree of sure judgment. Sadly, I feel that this is where we are as a nation and possibly even as a global people. God has been so merciful. He has warned so clearly He has offered extensions and space for return and repentance. But just like ancient Israel, the church as a whole has not changed their direction. They have put their trust in everything but him. Therefore is the window closing. He said in quietness and rest, in other words, in the prayer closet, would we find salvation in Isaiah chapter 30 verse 15. He said, if we would but humble ourselves and pray and repent in second Chronicles chapter seven, verse 14, then he would save our land and spare us from the judgment that is coming. But we wouldn't. We trusted more in politicians than in evangelism. We trusted more in courts than in his words. 
We stopped feeding the lambs to organize movements of men built on sweat, ideas, ambition, and good intentions that will amount to nothing and cannot save us. We traded agonizing in prayer and intercession for organizing in committee meetings. We traded the anointing which comes from time spent with Jesus being stripped of self for appointments with men and ministries who agree with us in our agendas. We traded prayer and fasting for conferences and performances. Many are they who have danced before the masses, but how many have danced alone at home with Jesus? Many have called for conferences before men to petition heaven to change its position, but how many have cried out in repentance unseen in their prayer closet that they might change theirs and get into alignment with heaven? How many praise God in front of cameras with their lips, but where is their heart when no one is looking? What does their life and agreements say about where their faith is? The sad truth is this, that the many want God to change everything but them. My friend, only repentance can change a nation and save it from judgment. So stop all the organizing, plotting, and planning. Your window has been wasted. Why aren't you preaching? Why aren't you praying? Why aren't you fasting and gathering men to do that which God commanded? Why are you chasing distractions so that now will it come and not be undone? It's too late to stop it. Chapter 4 tells of war, invasion, starvation, destruction, a nation facing the judgment that it chose by refusing to trust the only one who could save them from it. Because that they trusted in themselves, in men, in the tools of Egypt, and in the false prophets of it. It's not what God wanted. It's what the people chose. The things they put their faith in was given to them as their covering. And it failed them severely in what was coming. Yet in this did a remnant among them learn with clarity and reverence that only God can save them. And that it can only be done his way. Preach the gospel and trust in Jesus. Because everything else that men trust in will be shaken and taken away from them. But the word of God is a sure foundation. It will stand when everything else is falling. It will not return void. It will accomplish its mission. Safe, wise, blessed Sure, stable, secure, covered, and firmly planted is the one who puts their trust in it. And all else will weep and wail when they see how frail the things they have trusted in for strength really are. Just like the Israelites did in Jeremiah chapter 4. In verse 5 we read, Declare ye in Judah and publish in Jerusalem and say, Blow ye the trumpet in the land, cry, gather together, and say, Assemble yourselves, and let us go into the defensed cities. Set up the standard toward Zion. Retire, stay not, for I will bring evil from the north and a great destruction. The lion is come up from his thicket, and the destroyer of the Gentiles is on his way. He is gone forth from his place. And will make thy land desolate, and thy cities shall be laid waste without an inhabitant. 
For this, gird you with sackcloth, lament and howl, for the fierce anger of the Lord has not turned away from us. Skipping to verse 13, it says, Behold, he shall come up as a cloud, and his chariots shall be like a whirlwind. His horses are swifter than the eagles. Woe unto us, for we are spoiled. O Jerusalem, wash thine heart from wickedness, that thou mayest be saved. How long shall thy vain thoughts lodge within thee? Verse 18, Thy way and thy doings have procured these things unto thee. This is thy wickedness, because it is bitter, because it reacheth unto thine heart. My bowels, my bowels, I am pained in my very heart. My heart maketh a noise in me. I cannot hold my peace, because thou hast heard, O my soul, the sound of the trumpet of the alarm of war. The prophet was grieved. He lamented. He cried out with everything that was in him. He wept in sackcloth and ashes because he understood the decree that was given. The same decree that had been given to the enemies of Israel now was turned on Israel itself because that it had become the enemy of God. We will all face this same thing as peoples and nations and eventually individually on the day of judgment. My friend, make sure that you are in right standing because second peter chapter 3 verse 9 tells us this that the lord is not slack concerning his promises as some men might count slackness but he is long suffering very patient towards us because that he is not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance nevertheless the day of the lord will come as a thief in the night in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise and the very elements shall melt with fervent heat, and the earth also, and the works that are therein, shall be burnt up. My friend, make no mistake about it, there is a judgment coming for the wicked, and it's coming quickly. Don't be found among them. Don't forsake the mercy that has been given. Repent and call on Jesus. God, we believe you. We believe that every word that you wrote in scripture is divinely inspired. It is a history book of what has happened through the ages to those who have turned away from your wisdom. You teach us how to live in humility and selflessness, Lord. But when we choose to walk in ungodliness and unrighteousness and in wickedness, it causes pain and suffering to the innocent and that blood cries out from the ground against us. And though you are so patient and long suffering because you don't want anyone to perish, you give us space for repentance. Eventually you must enact a judgment. Oh Lord, forgive us of any complacency we've had in it. We break all agreement with it and we come into alignment with the words and teachings of Jesus. Father, we speak out against the abominations in the land Father, we break agreement with every false doctrine and tradition of man. Father, we trust you. We love you. We believe in who you are. We believe your word. Let it be written in our heart, Lord. Help us to live it, to preach it, and to be it to those around us. Father, put your mark of protection on us that even in the midst of the judgments that are coming, we might be able to walk in the fires like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego unharmed and be able to help others in the process that you might be glorified, that others might be able to see and believe and know that the power of our Jesus is a reality. He comes to save, to deliver, to set free, and to put a fire in our heart that'll burn hotter 
than the fiery trials that are around us. Oh Lord, those that trust in you will never be confounded. We thank you for the mercies that you have offered. Let us never take them lightly or for granted. Let us not forsake them, that we might not be counted forsaken in a time of judgment. Oh Lord, we choose and trust in you. You be our covering. Father, help us to remember the times that we have forsaken mercy ourselves and walked in arrogance, ignorance, and pride, that we might have compassion on those who do the same and be willing to continue to seek to speak the truth to them and to correct their path, to call them to righteousness with humility and brokenness, gentleness, and all the fruits of your spirit. Let us never have a hard heart of selfishness that would seek to say, I told you so, or they deserved it. Because my friend, remember this, that God still weeps over his children. Remember that even as they crucified, Jesus died for the wicked men who stood against him. He paid a price for them. Even us, while we were yet in our sin, did he endure the shame and reproach of the cross to fight for us that we might be saved for the hope that one might turn from their wicked ways. Hope be reminded today of the reason that you are still here to continue the work of Christ in the earth until his return. He won the battle for us, but then he sent us out to liberate and to occupy, to possess the land until he comes again, to continue spreading the message and telling the captive that they have already been set free. If they will by faith take hold of the grace that he has made available by the price that he paid by the shedding of his blood and the sacrificial atoning of it, by the releasing of his Holy Spirit, that it might indwell us and bring us into the family of God, making us sons and daughters and giving us power and authority for above every principality, demonic force, or fallen man. We are a new creation. Believe it, grab hold of it, and have compassion for those who have not yet attained it. They really don't know what they are missing. And as they are still under the influence of the enemy, they don't know what they're doing when they forsake mercy. They are deceived by the enemy. As the scriptures say, they are blinded by the demonic rulers of this world. They are under a great deception Oh Lord, we intercede for them that their eyes might be opened. And if it has to come through a shaking, then so be it, Lord. Though we pray if it be possible, let this cup pass from us. But nevertheless, your will be done. You know what needs to happen. If it takes a judgment, a well, or a Jonah experience to humble the wicked unto repentance, then we trust your wisdom. Because the ease and pleasures of this life can be gone in an instant, but eternity is a long time to be wrong and remain bound to the master of wickedness and torment. Oh Lord, we pray for deliverance, however it needs to come. Because my friend, I assure you of this, that for the hard-hearted, hard-headed, and rebellious even the judgments and hardships of this life are a mercy 
if it brings us to repentance. It's never his desire to do things the hard way. But if he has to, he'll do what he needs to. Because he's a good father who loves his children. And his heart breaks when they make bad decisions. A temporary discomfort that saves us from long-term consequences is worth it, though not desired, for any good parent, just like a whipping. Sometimes you've got to correct those children in order to save or protect them. This message was brought to you by HOWC Ministries. To learn more about our ministries, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com. Thank you.